Is this thing on? Oh, look, it's on. But that's a that's a different voice I'm hearing today. <laughs> that's right, kids. Uncle Jeffy is not here, so he has no control today, and that's kind of delicious and fun. Welcome to another episode of Uncensored Radio Live. I have a rogues gallery of supervillains here with me today. We're going to start off with the always lovely Luke. How are you? Hi. Um, I look deathly in here, actually, but I'm okay. I'm good. I'm ready to get into our hot topics. Of the oh, week. they are they are steaming hot this week, my friend. They're steaming hot. Filthy hot. Filthy <laughs> hot. The vivacious Vera, how are you? I'm good. I got a couple of days of medical testing here, but I'll be fine. Oh, well, it's good that you're alive, Vera. I am alive. <laughs> <laughs> we have life. Sandy joining us. How are you, Sandy? Hello, hello. I am well. Um, I've spent my past three months just working most weekends and totally not practicing my self-care. You know how we had the self-care segment and I said social work is down for being shit at it? Well, (laughs) that's that's me. My brain is like scrambled eggs, so you guys need to carry me today. (laughs) That's okay. We're just just happy to have your lovely cartoon face with us. It makes me happy. (laughs) Oh look, it's an improvement on the real thing. So <laughs> <laughs> one day we will, one day we will see what Sandy actually yes, looks like. And we have a special guest panelist today with us. This is Mike D. Say hi to the folks, Mike. Hi to the folks. Um so <laughs> so you are you are associates with the lovely Vera, I believe. That is true, not that she admits to it often. Oh, look, she doesn't admit so much. She doesn't admit so much. She's a very, very private individual, isn't it? Isn't our Vera? Hi, Mike. Oh, look. Hi, Mike D. You've got a a fan already, Mike. You're in. And Joel, you've left him speechless. Look. Did I do that right, Joel? I don't know what that is. I don't know what's going on there. I hit hit hello in the chat section. I assume that's what I was supposed to do. Oh, it's all right. (laughs) You live, you learn. We like to fly by the seat of our pants I'll send him a psychic message. (laughs) That's all good. So, um, yeah, as you can see. The, uh, the ever overpowering presence of Mr. Jeffrey Everett is not with us today. He is taking care of business. He's actually on his way back to Missouri, right? I know, oh. right? Why would you go back to I, Missouri? I don't know. But we had a very interesting um, <laughs> We had a very interesting uh, episode last week, didn't we, Vera? So Yes, it was like madness descended. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was it was kind it was kind of like um Herding chickens, but you know, whatever. How was it in the studio? Was it was it nice to be all together for once? It was very nice to be all together, and I hadn't been in Jeffrey's living room since his before his marriage ended. Needless <laughs> 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 uh, to say, we bring that up whenever uh, we can. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Jeffrey failed at marriage? That's cute. Uh, <laughs> We're horrible, horrible people, and we're all going to hell. But at least we'll have company, so it's all right. <laughs> well, that, why? Before you worry about it. Oh, whatever. <laughs> Look, if if half if half the people that are supposed to be going there are going there, I'm going to be in great company. So I'm not that worried about it. You know. Right. Anyway, I'll bring the popcorn. <laughs> Ooh, it'll be ready to go. It'll stay warm too. <laughs> All right, guys, let us not delay any longer. Let's jump straight into this week's hot load of hot topics. Now, Mike, that was actually Vera as well. That's Vera's sexy phone voice. So if you're ever if you're ever concerned, I'm gonna play it again actually, so you can really oh listen God. to it. Here we go. Hot load of hot topics. Is that really you, V? It's me. (laughs) (laughs) That's our Vera. No, that's Cat. Cat tried. We couldn't get Cat to do it, and because she was flying around as she is. Hi, Cat. We miss you. But um, 
were like, Vera, you give it a go. And then it was it was literally on the first show that we had the, the title concept up. And it was like, you know what? That's a keeper. <laughs> that is a keeper. It's like, oh, okay, Vera's in. So I think you've got you've had a secret pass at one of those one nine hundred numbers, haven't you, That's Vera? That's right. I was a You're just not telling girl. anyone. <laughs> she was a naughty girl with a bad habit back in the day. Hey, she? Vera, get tough during COVID. At least you know you've got it all back. <laughs> but do those even do those do those things even exist anymore? No, I remember those so. those yeah. talk to me. Ooh. Oh, I want to talk. Oh, to oh I don't think they oh. exist anymore, right? Who uses the landline? The internet ruined it all, man. <laughs> <laughs> they just get online. Yeah, you, you get on <laughs> high ace. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I feel like you get online anyway, 700 pop-ups come for sexy singles near you. It's like, oh, okay, great. Oh, they've given up on me. Even the I pop-ups are up on me. Sick single seniors. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know your life's over when it's, when it's sexy senior singles. Oh, yeah. Alliteration and acidence, though, work. That's Why great. They, you know, it's like, want to throw a hip out? <laughs> Do you have a prescription for Viagra and a non-atrophied <laughs> vagina? Ooh. Sexy. That's just sexy, really, um, isn't it? I think we should move on. I feel sick. I'm like, why the fuck did I come on here today? <laughs> Look. We are not shaming sexy seniors. You get your freak flag out, you know. You do what you need to do. Mm. Um, I don't know what to jump into because these aren't very sexy. Demographic for sexually uh, transmitted diseases. Yeah, they've all got the clap. (laughs) (laughs) They've all got the clap and they're scared the Kaiser's coming back. (laughs) But Trump's gone now, so it's okay. Alrighty, well, <laughs> look at Luke. Oh, steering away. Well, I'm there's just thinking, very, like, there's not very sexy can... topics, so I'm just trying no, to jump into the dead dog. dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. Look, we'll <laughs> talk about Jill and Joe Biden's dog Champ died at the oh, White House, guys. Look at Champ. He looked like he was a good boy. He was a good boy, but what happened to Major? Where'd Major go? But, no, Major's the new. Major's the rescue dog, right? Yeah. Which is the one that got kicked out for eating a kid? It was me. <laughs> Probably that one. Somebody. <laughs> I don't think he'd be yeah, the secret service guy. Oh. Major's the um, Major's the rescue dog, right? He's the like good time face of New America, and Champ's just Champ's just the dog they've had for seven hundred years that got schlepped along to the White House and just like pissing everywhere, oh. trying well, to find the goal. The I'm hidden not goal. Sure. I'm not sure why the passing of a dog was like world news, but hey, these are the times we're in. Do you know why it's world news? Because Trump didn't have a dog the entire time he was in the White House and he was the first president to not have one, correct, Vera? Yes. I don't know. Yeah, he was. Well, other presidents have been cats, but he was the first president to not bring a pet. I was just thinking Melania. Uh, Melania might qualify. Yeah, Melania. We were all going for the Melania joke. <laughs> was oh. Trying to work it in somehow. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. Stephen Miller, the pet snake. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of pet snakes, I thought it was India when they died. Bindi Irwin. You are very confused. Ferociously, I was like, what happens? That's that's (laughs) well, actually, Sandy, we do the story about Bindi Irwin. That's a good segue. I wasn't gonna rush, I wasn't gonna rush straight off that because I think, oh, sorry, even though everyone, everyone's like, oh, what does that even matter? I think you've got to realize that to a lot of people, pets are a big part of their life. Like, I was devastated when when my cat died, like, I was like. Like, I thought I was going to be fine. I'm like, yeah, everything's okay. I'm going to be great. And then I, like, stayed in the room when, like, they put her to sleep. And I was like, had to, they made me walk out of the vet with an empty cat carrier. (laughs) I was like, this is horrible. And then I went home and, like, had to pack up the bowls. 
<laughs> had to pack up the bowls and everything. It was actually really traumatic, and I think we like underestimate how how traumatic losing a pet can be, especially if like you've had them. Like I had that animal for nearly fourteen years. Like, oh no, like, when my oh, dog oh. died. I cried for almost a year. Yeah, it's just like any other attachment, isn't it? You yeah. know, they're deep and they're profoundly, I guess, um, important to us. So it makes total sense that, yeah, we we grieve. We go through those natural grief and loss cycles. So very normal response. <laughs> Look, I'm glad Sandy's here to validate my feelings. This is good. Ooh. This works. <laughs> you, need, you, need, you need to be on the show more. <laughs> just for my ego, Sandy. Just so Jeffrey... Just so Jeffrey doesn't go this bitch and just like dismisses a broken heart. I'm getting a, a, my boss isn't here to abuse me today. I feel very powerful. Ooh, I was going to change the logo to. Luke's the one that takes the weekly. Yeah, but Luke hasn't been here for a long time. I've had to do it for a little while. So Luke's having enough of Luke's face. Jeff makes the abusive joke. Yeah, it's just usually has to go at me, but I don't really give a fuck, so it doesn't matter. Okay, well, Sand- Sandy and Luke are trying to give us a segue, so we'll talk about Bindi Irwin, you guys. Um, so Bindi Irwin doesn't like her grandpa. <laughs> it is no secret that the Irwin family have, a, have an estranged relationship with Bob Irwin. Bindi claims that her, her engagements with her grandfather have been psychologically abusive. Publicly, he continues to claim that he wants to spend time with us, while privately, my entire life has been psychological <laughs> abuse from him, Bindi has written. Bindi has also stated that Irwin had financially supported Bob since 1992. Oh. Mm, that's um, that one first. Andy, sounds like Sounds like dirty laundry, right? Like, well, the, the hell is the grandfather? Oh. Bob Irwin. He was Steve Bob Irwin. Irwin. So Bob was Steve's dad, and Bob kind of taught taught Steve everything he knew. So I think it's kind of a bit of without and Steve in the picture, Bob's been forgotten. I think and what's happened: Bob and Steve started the zoo, Australia Zoo, together, and then obviously Steve married Terry, and they became quite famous with their good old hunter series. And I think after Steve passed away, from what the general consensus is is that Terry wanted control of the of the zoo and sort of got rid of him that way. I don't know how it is. I'm not part of that family and, you know, politics are what they are, family. That's what well, a lot of people believe, is that Terry wanted him out. The interview that uh, Bindi gave the New York Times, she said that he returned many gifts over the years, that she would send him gifts and cards and they would come back unopened. And that every time she tried to spend time with him, that he would be verbally abusive to her. Um, that was what she said to the Times. I, they didn't mention the starting of the zoo or any of that history. But we Yanks don't get that because it's not our zoo. But I think I think it's I never as even I said, heard of Bob Irwin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's just bad blood. And Sandy, I'm sure. That that bleeds into a lot of different places in real life, doesn't it? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, it sounds to me like there's been some massive changes in that family system. I mean, you have um, the typical outsider approach, if you look at it like that, um, with Terry, who's come from the US and, um, you know, she's come and she's married um, Steve and then the Irwin franchise starts and, and you know, Bob's feeling very much on the outer. And this is so classic you see a lot of times in, you know, family therapy where someone has felt as if though they've been ostracised and sometimes they can start, um, you know, seeing things that may not necessarily be there so they get a bit of distorted thinking and then this creates wedges between people and definitely, you know, destroys relationships. So... It sounds very much like unfinished business to me and changes to that family system that Bob may not have been ready for. Um, and now he's projecting that onto uh, Bindi. So, yeah, difficult. A lot of people are saying comments on this on this article is that they, they also believe that Terry has poisoned the children and turned them against Bob. And this is what, I, this is what I was about to say. It's It smells a bit Meghan Markle-ish, doesn't it? This dirty, <laughs> this dirty foreigner has come into our land Blame and turned our children. <laughs> Blame the Americans. Look, I think Terry Irwin has been in the Australian popular culture 
since I was a child. Like, so that's what <clears throat> something is. So it's not <laughs> like she's a new, she's not a new fixture. I, I just don't think he necessarily enjoys not being, because when Steve was around, he included his dad in a lot of stuff. Um, if there was obviously a frosty relationship between dad and the wife, then without Steve there, that there's no buffer. Mm-hmm. Those personalities have to go up against each other. Like, we've all seen that. Like, there's just some personalities that do not mesh at all. And obviously the Irwins are, are part of it. But um, Bindi's actually taken a break from social media after, after this story came out because of the little bit of backlash that she got for it. So she's um, she said she's mm-hmm. taking time to focus on her child, which is what her father always did and what he would have wanted. Which so. is smart. She stepped back from it because on we know how toxic online, if we're going to talk about some comments on one of our articles later, it can just get very nasty for no reason because a lot of people are just keyboard warriors. They think they can just say what they want to somebody they've never even met and think they're involved in all their business because they're celebrity, whatever. And it just becomes nasty and pointless and done the right thing by just going, you know what? I'm done with that for now. <laughs> yeah, and that, sometimes you just have to step back from that. Otherwise, you end up like Jeffrey's family. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he's not gonna. He's not gonna watch this. <laughs> watch, watch him just appear in the middle of the show like he does sometimes when he's not on. It's like the eye. We're under his eye. But anyway, we will talk about that later too. Um, We'll get the sad stuff out of the way. Guys, um, Gunther from Friends, James Michael Tyler, has just um, revealed that he is, well, fighting, trying to fight stage four prostate cancer. Um, Now, I was was thinking Jeff was going to be on, but he was actually part of the reunion. He was meant to actually be a bigger part of the reunion, but because of his treatment, he wasn't actually allowed to travel. Um, I know this, like... He's only like a you know a side character on the show, but a lot of people are taking that kind of hard. Well, I, is- I'd like to know how the hell you end up with stage four prostate cancer. I mean, uh, the, I pr- prostate the cancer is the cancer you want to get. <laughs> I've, I've got the I've, I've got a lot to say about stage four cancer. <laughs> Continue. No, pr- prostate cancer. That were he had several appointments that were canceled because of COVID. And so he had a screening appointment that was delayed and then another appointment that was delayed. So he's been staying home and all of a sudden it takes four. That's what Uh, happened. Yeah. The same thing happened with my dad though. He was, he was unwell, probably should have gone to the doctor a lot sooner, but one weekend it just shit hit the fan. And then literally on the Monday, it's like, okay, this is stage four bowel cancer. Oh shit! Radio crap. Mm. I think men are terrible for not attending appointments. Yeah. I'm guilty of it too, and I work in the health field. Sure, Mike, you're the same. <laughs> I, I, I see a lot of the people. I haven't been to a doctor. Gosh, two years, and that's just the way it is. Like, and I find men are reluctant to uh, delve to what's going on. They sort of just think, "Oh, it'll go away." Well, I think part of the thing was that his medical hospital or his doctor were canceling these appointments to keep numbers down. They kept saying, oh, it, you know, it's nothing yet. We can push this guy out. And they pushed him out too long. And there's actually been a number of people in the United States that have had this experience and have had cancers, you know, get out of control before they got to the doctor because COVID shutdowns, you know, and. How do you count this? Do you count this as a COVID death? Because it really is a COVID death. You know, without the COVID, they would have made all those appointments. Well, that's the thing. I mean, prostate cancer, that's like hitting the cancer lottery. If you're going to get cancer, give me prostate cancer. You know what I mean? It's probably the best one that is utterly survivable. That's, of course, assuming they catch it and you make appointments, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I've muted myself. I've muted myself. Um, <laughs> again, you, uh, stuff like that. that. 
<laughs> stage four cancer doesn't just happen overnight either. Obviously, there's there's been a there's been a road to it that that is you know, like Luke said, a very worrying trend. Sandy, especially with your field, males are very reluctant to ask for help for anything. So, like, is this a surprise that this happens? No. <laughs> and it's unfortunate, isn't it? You know, they're, they're socially, I guess, um, conditioned not to help seek um, in, in not just health-related but mental health, um, so many areas, yeah, they're supposed to just, you know, in Australia the the common kind of um, term used is to have a teaspoon of cement and harden up. So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's something that with male clients in past work has been very difficult to just so much time spent just breaking down that barrier with them. So, yeah, it's no surprise. And I think so much more needs to be done in this space to destigmatize um, help seeking. Well, certainly in mental health, they, it's very stigmatized. There's lots of people who don't want to come in and don't want to be labeled crazy. And, you know, it's just your mental uh, health. No, I'm not crazy. <laughs> I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm happy to hear that that caveman attitude isn't pervasive just in the United States and that uh, you guys uh, suffer from it as much as we do. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, his ace makes a good point. Personal opinion, men don't like to discuss sexual and mental health problems with healthcare professionals. Very true. It's I true. Think, no, yeah. yeah. No That's one likes to initiatives in Australia, like the men's shed. We have, you know, a setup across the whole of Australia where – um, you know, men can go to designated sheds in our towns and, you know, meet and talk. And it's not in a pub, which is unfortunately another <laughs> another <laughs> issue all in itself. Um, but pub culture is a thing where men do actually air out, you know, some things that have been challenging for them, difficulties. But, yeah, the Men's Shed Association, I'll give a shout out to it. I've referred clients there. They've loved it. It's a great initiative. And, you know, if you have one in your area in Australia and you're going through some challenges at the moment, get in touch, um, reach out to Beyond Blue. They can tell you details. So absolutely. All right. We're going to jump into a big one. Uh, speaking about being out of touch, this article <laughs> kind of blew up on our page and I didn't oh. even realise until last night when Luke was just, Luke had brought it to my attention. Um, any second else? Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, it always takes out. High school cheerleader with Down syndrome excluded from team photo. Morgan Arnold, 14, from Utah, came home from school feeling deflated and confused why her school had chosen to publish an image in the yearbook that omitted her. Morgan's sister has since gone on record stating that the pictures were taken with Morgan, but a choice had been made to use the image that excluded her sister in the, year, in the yearbook as well as on social media posts. Uh, Shoreline Junior High School has responded saying the image selection was a mistake and have also requested that the threats directed at other cheerleading, <laughs> cheer teenagers cease. So obviously someone's hunting cheerleaders <laughs> at Shoreline Junior High. But, I mean, come on. Well, I, I, I can't even start with that. And who, Vera, oh, go. If, if they did it, Whoever did it, whoever photoshopped this person out of it, is a heinous asshole. It's that simple. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It could, it could easily be that it got in by mistake. I will grant them that in this, you know, in the name of being non-partial. But whoever did edit the child out is an asshole. Well, I think they did photo with and without her. Why? Which is strange too. Why, yeah. Why, Why would have... you do a photo without her? Yeah. Exactly, but that the original um, article that was first circulating had mentioned that they had done a separate photo with that included her, and that was the one they went with. It all seems really um, mean and malicious. I don't know why would they do that, and and insidious too. You know, I mean, I would have more respect for the school and the community if they didn't uh, allow her to join the cheerleading squad in the first place. But to, well, to make her be the token the, inclusion and then not put her in the yearbook, I mean, it's doubly evil. Well, the yeah, comment section is blown up. And this, uh, there's this older woman on there that's more or less saying that she doesn't believe that the 
this girl should be on the team because this is a serious sport and this is more or less Alsama. She's more or less saying that she's making a mockery of it all. Yeah, and here's the comment. Being, here, here are the comments. Um, they've ripped really her to shreds. Okay, so, I Luke, can. Do you I can see it. Okay, this is from the original commenter. The carrots complain, but they're paying me, so they're girls. There. Girls are trained as serious athletes, so I understand a bit why let me reel. She is not able to compete. Maybe it might work if she wore a chicken suit or something. Oh, my God. First ply. You can wear a chicken suit on your profile, Peter. There's actually like 50 comments there. We just picked yeah. some of them. <laughs> is this very on your page? page? Is this, this on your page? page? Yeah, I have to go have a look. This is vile. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, look, to be fair, Sandy, there's only one person that is being vile, and then the rest of the people are quiet. Everyone's piled on. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Go. Yeah, so Luke. this guy said here, kindly go fuck yourself. This girl is not a pop or a thing. She's part of the team. She's a cheerleader, not the fucking mascot. Hasn't she been humiliated enough? The fuck is the matter with you? Chicken suit? Do you even read the disgusting things you write before posting it on social media? Jesus fucking Christ. Your comment is appalling. Change your mindset or stop talking publicly. Then someone told her she's embarrassed herself and be quiet. And then the lady said here, not every childhood, because Helen was then going on saying that, oh, people with Down syndrome have heart problems and rah, rah, rah. And this the, woman's the, Yeah, sorry. That, that, let's be clear about that. She was, she was saying... And this is a broad sweeping, I think, 1950s diagnosis <laughs> that every child that has bought that has been born with Down syndrome has heart conditions. So the fact that she's even on the team is dangerous to her th- her health and could end up in her death. That person is ignorant. Continue. That's so bad. Yeah. Mm. Continue, Luke. <laughs> okay. So this woman, yeah, she just said like. Not every child who is born with Down syndrome has a bad heart. That is a bull-faced lie you keep telling yourself. Personally, know someone with Down syndrome, terrible poverty. That is now 37 years old, and he's my brother. My soon-to-be husband also suffers with disability, so she's gone a little bit here. But she's, yeah, more or less, the fact you talk to someone who has a disability shows just what kind of black-hearted person you are. God help your soul because you're going to need it. <laughs> and then the last the one. La- and I love this last one. This last one's amazing. Last moment, Helen. Listen here, fucker. How dare you say she's a serious athlete? My daughter also has Down syndrome and is a world champion competitive gymnast. Nobody is saying Morgan should be made a flyer, but she could be if she wanted to. However, she is part of the team and has every right to have her photo name included in the yearbook to acknowledge all her hard work during the year. News, it's not 1920. People with disability can and do achieve great things in all walks of life, including the sporting arena. Now go to several seats because you're just sounding like a disgusting flog. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. come on. That obviously, I, I have, I have my suspicions that Helen may just be a troll account because I investigated and there's literally one photo of Helen on her account and no information. In a lot of boomers only have one photo. There, wow. the i the ideas that that person is spouting are so. Backwards, backwards, and heinous, and and just uneducated, and it just it reeks like. Are we in the nineteen fifties? Yeah, or that's what it smells like. It smells like. Oh, don't talk about her. She's a little bit backwards. So, oh, oh, like, <laughs> like <laughs> did we step into a time machine this week and go? That's why. That's why. That's why I named this episode. Was that I'm sorry. What record is it? Oh, she's like, got Down syndrome. Holy wow, that kid's got him and he's in a gym. It's like, like <laughs> what year is it? Like, I don't understand how people can still in this modern day think that something like Down syndrome is going to affect someone so negatively that they're going to be a danger to themselves and others in a, in a team sport in high school. Like, what? Yeah. My brain. My brain doesn't understand that. Sandy, help me. Help me understand. Yeah, just able as vitriol. It's just disgusting. Um, yeah, look, I, I think hearing and seeing that just makes you lose faith, doesn't it? And I think that there's been so many social movements geared towards 
um, deinstitutionalization of people with disabilities, looking at people with disabilities as differently abled, um, you know, and looking at their ability, um, you know, differently. So I think that that's something that that person hasn't taken on board um, and they sort of didn't jump on that that train in, yeah, the 1950s when we were sort of, I think, very progressively looking at how disability resonates in society. So, but then again, I'm not surprised. I'm so not surprised. These are those people that Luke was talking about right at the start of the show that just want to be keyboard warriors just for the fuck of it, you know, and that's what they'll do. And look, I want to specifically to all the wait, people this... who responded to Helen. I mean, I know a lot of people piled on swearing at her and stuff, but it's good to see that the majority of people coming from a place and that they yeah. came thank to the defence of this girl. Unsaid, yeah, thank you out there in Uncensored Radio Land. Yeah. It's, lovely, it's lovely that you are... Um, our faith. <laughs> but look, she Helen's obviously part of the generation that COVID was supposed to wipe out. <laughs> Just didn't get to her first. She might not be. She might be young. She's a cult. She, COVID, also known as cultural reset 2.0. It's like oh, now we're being ages. <laughs> Come on, Steve. If COVID, look, if COVID didn't take care of Helen, AstraZeneca should have. So I was at the hospital today, and Steve. two people in front of me who were both younger than me had a conversation about. When are we going to be able to take off these ridiculous, stupid masks? And I'm thinking, this is oh, a hospital, kids. <laughs> science here, and they were both younger yeah. than me, so it's not just the boomers. And were they were they people that could ably walk out of that hospital and not have they to stay there and have treatment? Were. Yeah. were they staff or were they staff or patients? One was staff and one was patient. See, there you go. Like for the people that actually have to actually have to stay within those walls to fucking stay alive, it is a very different situation just because you're uncomfortable wearing a mask. So suck a dick, basically. Um, I'm in a bad mood today, aren't I? Ah, quite aggressive. (laughs) It's like you've taken on Jeffrey's aspects as well. I've absorbed Jeffrey into me. It's very. He's speaking to me. It's like the exorcist, which I'd like to speak to your mother, Karis. Very exciting <laughs> to me. Very cool. exciting to me. It's a lovely day for an exorcism. <laughs> um, all right. Let's talk about something happier and a bit more fun, hey? Sure. Sesame Street. Oh. <laughs> so Sesame Street is marking Pride Month by showing a type of family that has never been seen in the 51-year history of the iconic children's television show. The show shared an episode last week called Family Day that features a married gay couple of two dads with their daughter, a dad named Frank, played by Alex Weissman, and a dad named Dave, played by Chris Costa, along with daughter Mia, played by Olivia Perez. Join the neighbourhood family... Oh, join the neighbourhood family that surprises Big Bird at a party. Well, okay. Yay. What was it, you, right? Oh, look, Mike has something to say. Mike is raising his hands. He gets to go first. Two things that strike me immediately about this. Number one, finally, the crackers here can stop bitching about Bert and Ernie because they've got real gay guys to be pissed off about. And number two, why the hell did they have two actors? You couldn't find a real family to be on the show? Yeah, I mean, it's not like uh, Sesame Street is the paragon of acting. uh, You know what I mean? (laughs) You couldn't, you couldn't find the real family of two dads and their kid to be on the show to celebrate inclusion. Patrick Harris and David Burke might have done it. Although you could have gotten real professional gay actors with kids. Uh, Yeah, okay. Can we talk about the fact that? I know he said romper room. Hello. Sesame Street is not afraid to tug at those heartstrings. Did you ever see that episode where they told Big Bird that Mr. Hooper died? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That shit fucked up. <laughs> like, it was a good episode. You don't need to yeah. see a sad giant yellow bird. That's not cool. Like, I'm not down with that. <laughs> They've been a challenging hot topic for a long time. I know. But see, know. TV show to feature people of color, even though they were Muppets. It's not just A is for Apple. The thing is, 
Everyone was upset about these guys, right? Everyone was yeah. so upset, so upset about Bert and Ernie possibly being gay, and then they came out and said, "No, oh, yeah. no, they're not gay. They're just friends." When the <laughs> the true the true couple has been hiding in plain sight for years. Who were they? Hit us! Oh, <laughs> hear me out! Hear me out! That's two, because that long together make that <laughs> two single, long-term bachelors, well dressed, that the go theater. to the theater all the time, and, and their main source of joy is making fun of people. There's some queens <laughs> up in this house. Welcome to the bear. <laughs> And what what a great advertisement for a long term relationship. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, so. Waldorf, I, I am putting that conspiracy theory out there. I am I've it. never seen they've never had females up there with them. It's always never. been those two together in their suits, being nasty queens. They just miss they're missing a mimosa. Oh, no, and they used to call and... Miss Piggy Bacon all the time. Yeah. Yeah, oh. not nice. Waldorf. <laughs> <laughs> Nasty old queens. queens. That's it. Nasty old queens. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm saying. But all right. So on the opposite si- side of the scale, like Sesame Street is doing some amazing things. There's some drama around the new Pixar movie, Luca. Now, um, Luca tells the tale of a friendship between two young male sea creatures. Come, oh, come humans who must endeavour to keep who they truly are a secret in fear of being scrutinised by the public, by the general public. Um, there's people saying that this is uh, blatant queer coding and the children, the children, somebody please think of the children. Does it matter in 2021? It's not like that. <laughs> Sure it does. You don't want the kids to catch the gay. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> Look, sure. I think whatever cartoons do, who really cares? Like, you know, people want to get offended at things. How about getting offended by Ariel changing everything about herself to try and fit in? Like, yeah. you yeah. know. Or Beauty and the Beast Stockholm Syndrome, you know. Yeah. Oh, little Mermaid, exactly. for goodness sake. Yeah. Snow White, not consensual kisses. But yeah, unreal. But I think any any kind of representation in the modern day is a win. But that one's so vague, though, anyway. Little kids aren't going to be looking for that kind of subtext. They're just going to be watching sea creatures that become people. Like, I don't know. I think some people have too much time on their hands. They get offended about things that they probably could be spending that time doing something more productive. I think we Podcast. need to spend more time representing <laughs> male friendships. I think that, you know, part of the tech toxic masculinity in our culture is that we don't let men be uh, emotional. Let this actually doubles back to Sandy about the men's shed. That's an yeah, organization that encourages friendship. Let voice express emotion. Let them be. But even, look, let even it, even sexualize it. Yeah. But even if it is. Even if they are gay kids, isn't it better for kids at that age to see themselves represented in mainstream well, media yeah. than to go through what generations of of people have gone through before them going, there's something wrong with me because I can't see myself put up on screen and be told that that's okay and that's all right. Like, even if, even if it is a gay allegory, who gives a fuck? Like, well, they're kind of doing that it. now. Like, ABC it. here. It's on Disney Plus, mate. No one like if you don't want to watch it, you don't have to watch it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna use Mike's word here, a crackers. I think the crackers need to understand that <laughs> there's so many diverse kind of representations of everyday life in all kinds of um entertainment. And this is just a slice of that pie. And <laughs> it's not like it's gonna take over the whole thing. I just think it's a a truer representation of the diversity that is truly actually out there. I mean, they can avoid it all they like, but it's out there and and there is different people everywhere um, with, you know, different lifestyles, um, you know, and and doing their life how they want to, you know. So it's their prerogative. (laughs) Oh, that was a Britney slip. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, she's, she's coming. She's coming. A said, I was just about to make nothing turned us straight. You know? Yes, it I did. Mean, Bonanza. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it was there to do the turn me straight. It just made me know I was. <laughs> All right. Now, speaking of past glories and current current attitudes, people are all on Rita Moreno's ass now. So, um, West Side Story uh, legend Me- uh, Mita, wow, Rita Moreno has issued an apology after defending In the Heights director Lin-Manuel Miranda against criticism that the film does not feature darker-skinned people more prominently. Recently, she has also confessed criticism to her own discomfort at the darkening <laughs> of her features through makeup whilst filming the 1961 musical classic, which is West Side Story, for those of us that aren't homos. Um, with the film's makeup <laughs> artists asking, what, are you racist? So um, Rita's statement reads, I'm incredibly disappointed with myself. While making a statement in defence of, of Lin-Manuel Miranda on the Colbert show last night, I was clearly dismissive of black lives that matter in our Latin community. It is so easy to forget how <laughs> celebration for some is a lament for others. Well, I think that cancel culture, toxicity. Vera wants to say. Go. No, Vera. Go, Vera. First of all, I got to say, Lin-Manuel Miranda, stepping up and apologizing for this, I don't think he should have had to. I think that this man has done more for uh, representation in musical theater. So he made the founding fathers people of color and rap and made this very accessible and brought out the immigrants in the founding fathers i mean hamilton deserved the pulitzer i i and he's not a racist or a bigot i get that the afro-latino community especially in a place like washington heights where in the heights is set feels like they were underrepresented but there were definitely Afro-Latinos in the dance troupe, there were Afro-Latinos in, in the chorus and in the neighborhood. I get that they wanted more Afro-Latinos to be front and center. But that being said, there has always been a subtle racism in the Latino community where Mexicans look down on Puerto Ricans or Puerto Ricans look down on Mexicans where light-skinned Hispanics get treated differently than dark-skinned Hispanics. That's all there and we as a community do need to own it. But making Lin-Manuel Miranda the bad guy after he put out these two inclusive works of art that really do represent diversity in our community is going too far. But like you're gonna you're gonna go for Rita Moreno, who is like one of the first major visibly Latina actresses, right? She yeah, was oh yeah. Like like you're gonna go for her? Like I don't like I don't think you should I, go for her or for Lynn Manuel Miranda. But I think I think you should go for well, keep your opinions to yourself, really, but we're not in that <laughs> modern age, are we? Back to really inappropriate applications of critical race theory um, and looking at everything just through that lens, um, and you miss so much else. I mean, that's what I think Vera was saying, is you're missing the good stuff and with that heavily critical lens so and I think this is something that's coming up more and more around cancel culture and um you know people being censored um you know just because of this kind of emphasis on looking through one lens and I think critical race theory is just one way to look at things um and it's definitely enlightening for um I think where we're going as a generation now but I I do think that there are some limitations as well just from an academic perspective um, on where that goes and what that does to a society when you only look at things through that lens. So, yeah, that's kind of what I picked up from it. I, 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 yeah, it just seems like like I, I, get, I get both sides of the argument. 
but we can't just celebrate the fact that this has happened. Like, everyone's in a rush to get to the end. Of Like, everyone wants this utopian society and where everyone's no, all-inclusive. Right. That's not how the world works. Like, look at history. Yeah. We're not going to all evolve at once. It's not going to happen like this. There are huge, huge strides happening for, you know, sexuality, gender fluidity, race, all this kind of stuff. There's still so far to go that you... You can't you can't negate the process because you want the end result so badly. Yeah. You gotta go through the process. That's the yeah. that's the part where all the learning happens, you know. Um, it sounds like it. we're twelve stepping our way, isn't it? Doesn't it? Like <laughs> trust the process, when you, guys. When you, yeah, when you yeah. sit with that discomfort. <laughs> when you criticize the product, you negate the gains that the product made. You know what I mean? I'm saying it's like in the Heights is a groundbreaking musical, you know, and it's joyous and it it highlights (sighs) gentrification and problems in our society that get overlooked and swept under the rug and have for years. But yes, when you jump to that big immediate flaw, no Afro Latino representation, you Mm. negate all the other positives in that piece. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys, we've we've buried the lead for too long. It's time to talk about it because it's in the news. She's on my shirt. We got to talk about Britney because <laughs> she. We talked about burning bridges before. She went. Oh, she didn't go into the courtroom. Let's be honest. She um she phoned that courtroom and she was unstoppable. And I have you got so, to if, yeah, if you haven't listened today. to it, we're, to it we're talking about her deposition in the conservatorship case. Um, as a fan, a long-time fan, it puts me, you know, like in two in two minds. Like I'm super proud of the girl that she has. St- girl, she's a woman. She's older than me, I've, and we've got to get out of that. <laughs> got to get out of that as well. She's a woman. She, but she's finally stood up, like been able to speak up for herself and and put it out there. But you go like, we're all complicit in this as well. The whole world is because anyone that's ever bought into the brand that's you know watched the well, music video like that's people getting photos, bought a CD her. that's that's bought it, you know, bought a t shirt, went to went to Vegas. It, it puts us in a very weird and icky situation. Um. I want to just go through some some points really quickly before we start the conversation about it. If you haven't listened to the to the deposition, the whole twenty three minute thing is actually on our Facebook page. It's very easy to find. Um, but here's a few choice articles. Um, so this is Brittany just talking about the court hearing. She said, "After I've told the whole world I'm okay." Uh, it's a lie. I'm ha- I'm not happy. I can't sleep. I'm depressed. I cry every day. It's my wish and dream for this to end. I want my life back. Um, this is one of the more disturbing moments that I found. I have an IUD in my body right now that won't let me have a baby, and my conservatives won't let me go to the doctor to take it out. We'll keep moving. Yeah. Um, I want to be able to get married and have a baby. I was told with the conservatorship I was not able to get married and have a baby, obviously, because of the IUD. Um, so she's not even allowed to, you know, get married. Um, she, so this blew my mind a little bit. Britney Spears she said she was forced to take lithium against her will. Um, you go mentally impaired if you stay on it longer than five months. I felt drunk. I couldn't even have a conversation with my mum or dad or anything. That was because she refused to basically comply with stuff. Um, This is an amazing statement. I truly believe this conservatorship is abusive. There are thousands of abusive conservatorships. They need to be reminded that they actually work for me. Uh, There's a couple more. Where that wants to work with me. They've done a good job in exploiting my life, so I feel like it should be an open court hearing that they should listen to what I have to say. A lot has happened to me to, since two years ago, and I don't think I was heard at any level when I came to court the last time. Two more. Um, all I want is my own money and for this to end and for my boyfriend to be able to fucking drive me in his car. And honestly, I want to be able to sue my family. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Um, yeah, she, she's not, she wasn't even allowed to choose her own attorney. I think the, the the first thing that we should even look at is the fact 
that this girl is paying both legal teams. She's right. paying for her defense and she's a pay- she's paying for opposing counsel. Like, how does that even work? Right. How like well and and <sighs> there is this very basic issue of she has continued to work throughout this conservatorship. She has been performing and support and hundreds money, of thousands of people. All of the money that she's been earning isn't hers. You know, there's mm-hmm. a, a subtle slavery here. That, that oh, definitely. You know? Like the fact that she refused. So because she came, she was served with legal papers when she came off stage for her last show of the piece of me re- residency. She came off stage. They handed her legal documents and said, if you do not sign these legal documents to go on a, a tour, then we, as your management can sue you personally for breach of contract so when she she did agree to do it and then she did the tour and was signed up for another Vegas, Vegas residency called Domination, ironically. Um, and when she disagreed with a dance move that she didn't want to do, that's when they changed her medication from antidepressant medication to lithium. Well, it's, if they're using it as chemical restraint, that's highly illegal. Like, is this Francis Farmer? Right. Like, <laughs> did we slip back into the 1940s where she's got the vapors and stuff and she has to be put away? Because she was. She was put away against her will. She was, that she, again, she created and paid for her own rehab, $60,000 a month to have people watch her 24 hours a day. She was not allowed her own phone, license, passport, there was no door on her bedroom. She was watched while she was showered and she got changed. She was forced to work. Like, how does this happen to a celebrity in modern day? Like, it happens to regular people all the time. I know, but Every someone day. that is... Yeah. Well, how you, is you, wouldn't, like, you, wouldn't you agree that the Britney Spears is one of the, the wildest acting celebrities you've known? I mean, it's clear that she's compulsive uh immature i mean she's like 30 years immature for her age it seems like she's way emotionally underdeveloped she's had issues her entire career I, I, and i like britney spears i had the first okay. album, but I'm just saying, i would argue <laughs> i would argue no, that, that those are those are outdated ideas from 13 13 years ago when this conservatorship was put on her for a good reason for her, well, apparently, for a good reason, for her own mental health, for her safety, for her financial welfare, because she was, as Jeffrey says, she was blowing through millions upon millions of dollars on random and stuff. And acting out. I mean, there is still acting out. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm curious about why someone does this. You know, what's this in retaliation to? What is she retaliating to? We all look at it as a breakdown. And then, you know, she's pathologized for it. She's disordered. She's mad. She's hysterical. And this is what happens to women in society. They retaliate against the oppressive structures in their life. Look at Britney's history. Look at what she's brought up with, if fame and parents who've enforced that on her. And, you know, for me, the Britney breakdown was something that I felt was totally necessary for her to go through. She should have been treated with dignity, respect, there should have been trauma-informed care provided for her because she's responding exactly. very normally to trauma. It's trauma. Sandy, but- the one the one thing that I, I can't get out of my head and it was, it was about that head-shaving incident, the reason that she said that she did it is she said she didn't want anyone touching her anymore. Yeah, where does like, that come from? <laughs> you know, that, it's like... like that's that, I don't, like that, a, that gives me goosebumps kind of thinking abuse. about it. Like yeah. that gives me the heebies. Like, ugh. <laughs> look, and I think actually no, but Mike made a point about you know she does she does come across as that immature and that, but that's because yeah. I think she was able to develop properly. No, she not was. At all. Oh, I agree. I mean, like, I I'm not going to pretend to know a ton about Britney Spears, but you know, I was a fan and I kind of followed along and you know watched the E Hollywood specials here and there or stuff. It's. I would be shocked to hear that the the father wasn't maybe sexually abusive or something. Like she was groomed for showbiz from the time yeah. she was. She was like a John Benet Ramsey, right? But then 
exploded on Disney Channel after the four-year-old beauty pageants and everything else. I mean, uh, talk about being set up to fail. And that would be even with a, with a good support system, you're setting up to fail that early. And, and it doesn't seem like she's had a good support system ever. No, she well, was set up to be objectified yeah. and commoditized. That is exactly what was done to Brittany. And, and I mean, the, the thing we've got to understand. The legal, system, the legal system is supposed to be there to protect and provide justice, and it's done the absolute opposite, in my opinion. That conservatorship, or we would call guardianship here in Australia, has done her no favours, and that's very clearly coming out in her testimony yesterday. So, yeah. Yes, <laughs> so. The, thing, the, thing, the thing we've got to understand, though, is that what we see of her life isn't necessarily true either. Someone mm-hmm. runs everything she does. So even this Instagram, these Instagram posts that have been, that like the Free Britney movement have been focused on saying that she's like asking for help and da 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 in like subconscious ways, none of that is actually her. We don't, we don't know what she thinks. We don't, it was very interesting to hear her speak because it wasn't that high pitch, you know, that high pitch sex role voice that we're used to. This is this is the real Britney Spears that I like that's how she used to talk back in the day. Right. Like back when she was a teenager, that's her real deep actual voice that that she spoke with. And in that in that testimony, I don't hear someone that has alleged dementia. I hear mm. someone that is desperate to tell their story yes it rambles a bit but obviously she was incredibly nervous and just wanted to get her point across but Mm. for them to go as far as alleging that the woman has dementia to keep her in check making money for the britney spears brand that looks after hundreds of people's welfare is disgusting like we she doesn't as she said she doesn't owe anyone anything like, no. let the girl go. There's plenty like, of mentally ill people out there blowing their own cash, making uh, their own grocery list, functioning every day. Even yeah. if she has full mental illness diagnosis, she can still run her own life and make Absolutely. Her and make her own poor decisions. I mean, she's free. She should be free to lose her entire fortune if that's yeah. exactly. her wish. Yeah. Baby, vanilla ice that That's shit. It. I want to see Britney. Do, I want to see Britney doing a home renovation show in twenty years because she got no cash in her mouth. Like that's what part of the joy. The of it. Brit- what happened to crying Britney fan? That's what I want to know. What's he up to? What's oh, he, he does money. He did porn and stuff, so he's he's fine. He's living his best life. Oh, I'm he's sure he's, he's Chris Crump is all about it. <laughs> he, he does porn. He does everything. He's got his own. Yeah, he's winning. We all should have done. We all should have been like emotional teenagers. But it'll be very interesting to see where this goes from now. I have a state. She made a brief little statement, which I've lost because I wasn't looking at it. But um, basically, she's buggered off now. So I, I don't want to be grim. But I hope that we, we see this a lot when, when celebrities, you know, kick up that sometimes accidents happen and they don't make it to their second court. Like, oh. when there's this much money involved. No, but when there's this much money involved. Well. I don't know. I, I don't well, trust you just, her family. You, you just saw it happen with Epstein. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody suspected that all along, and uh, usually for the last 40 years, they did a better job of hiding it. They're not hiding it anymore. They're doing it right in front of your face. Well, when you possibly have evidence on the president, you know, sometimes yeah. you've got to go bye-byes. Um, sometimes you got to go bye-byes. All right, Vera, we, are, we have, like, well and truly gone <laughs> crazy. So we're going to go into a section that we love to call... Veer events. Any second. <laughs> it didn't play the sound. No, it didn't. You hit the picture. That's no. why. There's too many things on this bloody control panel. Veer events. <laughs> oh, live television. <laughs> I did it twice. I did it twice for good measure. You know. All right. <laughs> Here we go. One, two, three, vent. 
I had a totally different event set up all week long. I've been writing it in my head. I was going to bitch about the Catholic Church. Those fuckers denying Biden. How dare they get involved in American politics? <laughs> and then today, the building collapses in Florida. And a bridge collapsed yesterday. And now I'm on the seat of my pants, writing an event as I speak, because if anything, does this not prove to us beyond a shadow of a doubt that our government has gone to hell? That bridge instructors and building instructors are inspectors, not instructors, are on the take and they're just taking money from our government systems and the systems are failing us. 99 people are missing. One person known dead. A building collapsed in the middle of the night for no apparent reason. A bridge collapsed into traffic. A pedestrian bridge collapsed onto a highway. And we don't need infrastructure in this country? Are you kidding me? This system is so broken. People, call your representatives. Find out why there wasn't any building inspectors. Florida, what the fuck? You are a third world nation. You are a banana republic. Call your representatives. This should not be happening in the richest country in the world. Absolutely right. She done. She, she done. Good work. <laughs> well, I, I, I want to know what a bridge. I want to know what a bridge instructor does, though. A bridge inspector. I said. I tried to correct myself. Be a bridge. <laughs> Stay a bridge. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, we're going to close out the show with a very interesting little section. Um, someone posted this. I think it might have been Jeffrey. I'm not sure. The specter of Jeffrey looms large. Um, so there's a lo- n- nice little house here. In 1999, this house was worth 105K. Today, it's 490K. In 1999, teacher's salary is 65K. Today, a teacher's salary is 69k. Wow, uh, yeah. we're definitely not paying our teachers enough. But <laughs> I want to, I want to um, jump into some real estate here. Um, I'm going to show the Americans a little piece of slice of heaven in Sydney, and you tell me how much you think this property went for. Uh, it has no electricity, no water. No kitchen and a partial roof. 20, Any guess? 20,000. Well, you guys use the barter system down there, right? <laughs> yeah, we trade our kangaroos and gum nuts and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to guess? Any, you too? Anyone? 20K. That's my guess. 20,000. I'll guess 150. $4.7 million. Where the fuck is it? In Queensland? In Kensington in Sydney. Now, Vera, this is a house maybe. this is a house near you that's worth four million dollars. Yeah. That is lakefront. Two point five two point five hectares, I believe. Um has like four master suites. Blah 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 blah. So Slate no matter up. where you are in the world, things are fucked. Is the general and consensus. If you move that over one lake from the lake that it's on, <laughs> it's half the price. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Luke and I got very into um into some Well you found some other night. properties, hey. Yeah, yeah we, we, did. We, look- we did. So, so we, Andy, we found one in your burn. It's massive in Australia right now. We've got ho- so many homeless people from the middle class. Um they're homeless. <laughs> Like it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Home ownership is a dream at the like for the majority of young Australians, and I'm not even a young Australian, and like I will See, never own a house. Come to the you know what I mean? We could have the platonic marriage. You could own all this. Yeah, I'm just I'm pouring <laughs> myself out to get a house. You can get uh, Dorothy. All right. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, next Dorothy, week, guys. We have the Tin Man in the other room. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, guys, we have the return of some very special friends of ours. So I'm just going to um, play a little bit of a trailer right now. Or maybe not. <laughs> it's working for me. Now it's working. Now.
<laughs> It'll do Big nothing. Yeah, um, entertaining yourself, though. Yeah, it's how we keep ourselves fresh. I look like I've got no hair in this angle. <laughs> So that's right, guys. Anna and Renata will be back on the show for a, with they an, actually a fantastic chat. They American ghost hunters. They do. So yeah. they'll be back on next week, um, the 30th for Australians. I think the 20, obviously the 29th for Americans. I am actually taking one for the team tonight, guys. I am um, headed to Maitland Jail with the ladies for a oh, seven-hour overnight lockdown. So oh. uncensored radio people. I will be going live a couple of times. So if I get scared, <laughs> you guys are gonna you guys are gonna be able to see it. So Americans, it'll be it'll be nice and bright and sunny when you see it, but it'll be pitch black freezing in the middle of the night here in Australia. Um yeah. I've had a couple of experiences at Maitland Jail before, so we'll see how it goes. But why are you um, at Maitland Jail? It's so it's so oh, it's it's a haunted. I've done ghost stuff with um oh. Anna Renata. Yeah, no, he hasn't been incarcerated. I just yeah, I was like, ah, oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a criminal, but I'll never tell you why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why. All right, guys, we're over time. We're overtime today because we were we're just so amazing at our jobs. Um, thank you, Mike and Sandy, for joining us today. I hope you had. I hope you had fun. Been a Thank you. It started out scary, hey Sandy, but it, it, it smoothed out. Welcome to Uncensored Radio. That's how it rolls. That's how we roll. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to say something offensive, and then we all laugh, and then everything gets better. That's just how we roll. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> we will see everyone again next week. Take care. Bye, Bye everybody. Bye. I gotta do it. Leave Britney alone. (laughs) Leave her alone. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.